of Truth with Ruth. I am sitting in my back quarantine room of my house today with my friend Bethany. Hey, hey. Get close to your mic. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Is this close? Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Yeah, she came over today and and just so everybody knows, I don't follow uh, most of the quarantine rules. So I, you know, you can, I might... There's an altar at my house. I repent at daily, whatever. It's like Jesus is the reason for the season. So (laughs) amen. anyway, she came over to hang with me and then cut my daughter's hair. And I just said, hey, let's do some podcasting because she's a fascinating person. (laughs) Well, thank you. I mean, it's the truth. Truth of truth. That, That is that is what we are on right now. Yes. Um. So, we are going to talk about porn. P-O-R-N-E. Or no, wait, no, wait. <laughs> it's not porny. Were you a cheerleader? No. No, no I actually wasn't. <laughs> that's probably why, because I can't spell. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so great. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about porn. And what's interesting is this is not even a... This isn't, I mean, I'll be super honest. This is not something I've struggled with ever. Like, I know um, that a lot of people have I in my immediate family. And, like, I'm, there's things that we've overcome um, in marriage and dif- different things like that. But personally, myself, I've never, it's never been a struggle for me. Like, I guess you could say what you watch on TV could be considered soft porn sometimes. Like, sure. when you're watching it, it's like, <gasps> but... Um, to like pull up porn sites and things like that and legit use it to satisfy myself. Yeah. Um, I've never, I don't even, I don't even know how to relate to that, honestly, which is a first for me. Yeah. I'm a relater. So I always try to find like a, a point of connection in something, but I'm, I'm about to learn something today, which I always think is great. You should be a learner of all things. Um, and I love that I have people in my life that'll be super, super vulnerable and talk about these things because the reality is they need to be talked about for sure. Right. percent. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things that people don't want to talk about, especially in the Christian community. They want to keep it hidden and it's a really easy thing to hide and to still be able to serve and be normal and do all the things that, you know, you want to show the face of your church or your community or whatever. And it's such an easy thing to just put, you know, in the back. Yeah. You know, in the back seat. Well, what I thought was really fascinating too is um normally this is a hot topic for guys. Yeah. Um and I mean the majority of the time you hear guys, you know, in groups with one another dealing with this stuff, but Bethany is clearly a woman. Yeah. <laughs> like yes I am. <laughs> there's no gender confusion here, folks. No, ma'am. <laughs> so uh so I thought it would be really neat for her to come on and kind of share her journey. Um, you can really take this wherever you want to take it. Um, just kind of share her journey because it's something that she has overcome. And I think that the, the lie is that you have to overcome it once. It's literally an, 
like an all the time heart check kind of like me and Jesus. Yeah, I've been set free and delivered from this, but like I actually have to walk out my freedom daily with him in in this particular area. And even we were just talking about how that's come in during quarantine in different ways, maybe not for her, but just for that thing that comes back to just sort of, you know, take you back into that place. So I'm just going to hand it over to you and let you kind of share your journey of like how how did something like that even infiltrate your life? And then the kind of the lies that have were wrapped around it. And then like coming into married life and just sort of take us on, on that journey, I guess. Um, I think, uh, when it comes to even just outside of pornography, when we talk about like sexuality, like Mm -hmm. sex as a whole, um, you know, it's something that's, uh, usually very, frowned upon or, you know, kind of shunned when you're not married, you know, so even that conversation can be a struggle to even have with anyone prior to marriage. And when I was, my, uh, my parents were very open. I mean, my mom had the sex talk with me when I was like in third grade. I know I was really young. I was really young. Um, but I remember one specific time I I want to say I was like I don't know eight or nine and we had AOL like you know oh the, my gosh uh-huh like the dial up <laughs> <laughs> and to get on you know you couldn't use the phone and all that stuff and um my I I was on I was on the internet and I think my brother had used it before me or someone had used it before me and there was like a not not it wasn't like a porn site but it was like a what what do you call it those pop-up ads oh, kind yeah, of a thing yeah. you know mm-hmm. um and it was very clickbait yeah it was very like suggestive. Uh, suggestive you could see a lot and um and my brother blamed me he said that I was and I got in trouble for it but I remember seeing that and that image never left my mind so like at you know eight or nine I saw that and then um, when I grad, I was very like, uh, aware of my body and my sexuality and, <laughs> and when I was younger and, um, as a Christian, I didn't save myself for marriage. And that was, you know, a choice I made and what I did. And, you know, that's besides the point, right. but, but what, um, when I moved away for school when I was 18, um, I bought my first vibrator. <laughs> and that's where it started. That's where the addiction really started. And um, I would, I mean, it it was extreme. I didn't realize how extreme it was until I actually started repenting for it and, like, recognizing what was what it was. What do you feel like, had you already been sexually active prior to that, prior to purchasing that? Yes. And then what do you feel like took you to the point of saying, I'm going to take it from being sexually active with a partner to I'm going to be sexually active with myself? Um, or was there anything? There might not have been anything. I think it was just, uh, I had another girl roommate and she was really open and, you know, uh, she, we, she bought me a vibrator for Christmas that year. And I was like, this is awesome, you know. Um, but I had never had an orgasm until I used a vibrator. 
Wow. Yeah. And with that being said, I had like one, I, you know, had sex with my senior, you know, boyfriend. Yeah. Which one and done. Yeah. So you're not going to get much from that. So, (laughs) (laughs) so with that, I mean, it was like this awakening, like, whoa, this is what this could feel like. And that's really where I, I mean, it, it went from, you know, once to twice to three to four to five times a day that this would happen. And I started going to, we didn't have internet at my house and I would go to the coffee shop and sit in a corner and download porn so I could have it for the week Wow! in a public place. Like I would go to a public place and mute my computer, you know, and see like what I wanted to see and I would t- like that's that's the that's the one thing that I was like wow I was I was really addicted like wow. it was I couldn't not have that and even like when I lived at the house my roommates would walk in on me like it would happen more than once like where that would happen and I, I you know at the time I just didn't think it was a big deal and but then I recognized that when I would be with a guy or something, nothing, it wasn't doing the trick. And then uh, I started to not even be able to feel, wow, feel anything. And so, I mean, this might be like a lot of information for people and might be uncomfortable for some listeners, but that's okay. I think it's, I think it's important to hear because we don't understand I think in the in the midst of it, it's hard to understand the actual psychological um, and and like physiological shift that takes place when porn is a key member of our lives. Right. Um, and so, you know, having to navigate that, what that looked like, I didn't get like, you know, quote unquote delivered, if you will, because I still like you said before, right. you know. Jesus is constantly taking me through this journey. Like it's still a journey. It's still something that, you know, I'll feel the little scratch behind, you know, behind my neck of like, Hey, you could go do this. Like your husband's not home. Like you could, you know, go towards that. Like, and I have to make that decision to not, you know, I literally have to, that is what repentance looks like. It's turning away from sin. And, um, So it wasn't until I was probably, I want to say two, two or three years into marriage, into my marriage, where it started to heal. And it was when I started to confess, (laughs) like I started to tell, I had a women's group in my home and I felt really convicted one night and I was like, I need to share with these women what I'm dealing with. And I, I, was leading this group and there was about I want to say 12 to 15 of us and I was I was so nervous to tell them I was like my voice was shaky like it's like I okay I'm gonna tell you guys something (laughs) and I told them I was like I have a porn addiction and six other women in that group confessed to having a porn addiction wow that night and it was like, <clears throat> whoa. And okay. how many, how long ago was that? That was like three, oh, well, that was like 2000, 
14, 14 or 15. Okay. And then when, how many years prior to that, how'd your addiction started? Uh, like seven years. Okay. Yeah. So I was in it for a while. Yeah. And it really, what was bringing, bringing that out and kind of like bringing that to the forefront was how it was affecting my marriage. Um, that year me and my husband had had, had been intimate a total of like 10 times and we were both taking care of ourselves. We were both in our own worlds, you know, like, and we didn't really talk about it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't shameful. Like uh, it wasn't like we didn't see it as sin really then, you know, it was just something that we did something to take care of ourselves, but we didn't, we weren't loving each other like properly, you know? And so once that came out for me, uh, it, it didn't stop just because I confessed didn't mean it stopped. But what it did do was create conviction. And after, after I did that, because women were aware I had accountability, I had people around me, like watching me and seeing me and like caring about that part of me. Um, when I went to it, it would, it, it was a bitter taste. Like it wasn't what it used to be. It wasn't like satisfying. It was unsatisfying. It, you know, maybe in the moment that like reaching your orgasm or whatever while watching it was great. And then you like plummet. And it was like, ooh, I feel like I just swallowed, you know, an apple, right. like a full, you know, like there's like a pit in your stomach and it was that's where I was like this this is like the Holy Spirit's way of like convicting me like showing me this provides nothing there is no fruit to this you know yeah and um so it 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 was awesome because that actually led me into being able to help other women you know through addictions like that because it's not easy it's not an easy walk especially when you've been you know, shown that and, you know, especially in the Christian community where it's so silenced, especially for women. Oh, I don't think that I've heard, like, you're legit one of, I think, maybe the only woman that I've ever heard just openly, vulnerably talk about um, porn addiction. I don't know, and 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 this might be a whole nother topic, I don't want to go down a rabbit trail, but masturbation as opposed to um, being addicted to pornography. Yeah. Like I, I, I feel like those are two very different things. Very much. Yes. Um, and I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not the spiritual guru on <laughs> masturbation, but I don't necessarily know that me personally, if I believe that, um, I don't, as long as there's not an addiction or porno- pornography attached to it, I don't know that I, I necessarily believe it's a wrong thing. Like I, I don't agree. I think that they're two very different things. So I want to distinguish that yes. for anyone listening right now. Um, cause we are talking about a pornography addiction, not a, um, natural need to relieve yourself mm-hmm. or, you know, take care of something so that you can just take a breath and relieve yes. stress or whatever. Totally. This is completely the opposite of that. Correct. hundred percent. I, I could not agree with you more. And I think that's something that 
also in the church is very not talked about not at ta- all. Like when you see, you know, like we're talking about sex at church. Like or usually they're talking about not doing it yes. and you're a sinner if you do. And yeah. like, you shouldn't have those thoughts and right. here's what you're going to do. And yes. six feet away has not ever been a COVID thing. It's legit right. been like a Christian thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. You better yes. have your circle. Yeah, you better have room for Jesus there. Yeah, cause. because, you know, I mean, and yeah. that's the lie. Unfortunately, we'll talk about that in another, a whole other podcast. But that's the lie is if we don't talk about it, then it means it's not there. Like right. it's dealt with. Right. Correct. And it's, that's not the truth. And, you know, where understanding where society is right now and understanding scripture and what happened in the world then where people are getting married at the age of 12, 13, 14 years old, the pinnacle of being, you know, sexually like ready to go versus, you know, some of my closest friends getting married at 30. Right. On if not later right now, which is totally fine. But to go 30 years and never have an orgasm or no even understand your anatomy or know your body right. or feel shame just by touching yourself that that in and of itself is its own thing and i think that has to be honored you know we can honor that and honor somebody's you know like hey if you need to you know take care of yourself <laughs> Take care of yourself so you can move on. and Or so that you can experience a closeness with someone without wanting to do something that you feel is inappropriate Correct. for the season that you're in. Yes, definitely. It it, it actually uh, relieves you from having to go into, you know, sin, if you will. You yeah. know, like going yeah, down that road. And I'm, I'm very, you know, masturbation positive. So <laughs> like you do what you got to do. <laughs> you know, how is that though? I mean, then this, I, I don't know if this is a different rabbit hole. So, uh, so coming out of a porn addiction mm-hmm. and I think that you, one thing you said is I didn't get delivered from it. Um, in a sense, in the sense that you didn't have this spirit ripped out of you and you weren't instantaneously delivered from it yes but at the same time there was a um a deliverance I guess in that when you come in when something comes into the light for you you now are aware which is interesting to me that you weren't even aware that this was wrong yeah like yeah legit I mean you weren't aware (laughs) yeah no I mean I think it was I think there's, you know, there, there was a part of me that was like, Ooh, this is, this could be naughty, you know, like something like that. But in terms of seeing it as like this really sinful thing and something that's literally ripping my marriage apart, um, that's ripping me apart, you know, that's taking a toll on my body, on my mind. Um, I didn't fully grasp that until it was fully exposed And I think that's the thing that people are, that's the biggest thing people are afraid to do is expose Mm -hmm. their sin, is expose the thing that they've been entrapped in. How did that feel for you? Um, It, like I, oh, I mean, it was really scary at that, in that moment, you know, that it's like you're about to jump off that cliff and then you land on a trampoline, you know, it's like, oh, wow, there was a netting at the end of this. Like nobody turned me away 
nobody, you know, was like, you're a terrible leader. I can't listen to you now. Like you have no authority. You know, they, it actually brought people into their light, you know, it, it exposed them and, and it created a safe space for them to do it because they knew I wasn't going to shame them. Right. You know, they knew I wasn't going to come to the table and be like, what's wrong with you? How could you, right. you know, because I was experiencing it. And I think that's something that, you know, we, we unfortunately forget about so much because, you know, in, in our Christian minds, we want to be the holier than thou, whether or not we admit it, we want to be the right ones, you know? And when we actually put ourselves in a position of, Hey, like I screw up too. Like, here's what I deal with. This is what I struggle with. We actually provide a place and even ground for people to not feel like they're looking up on a pedestal, you know, to us, but we're actually looking face to face and saying, Hey, we're doing this together. Like the only thing that should be on a pedestal is Jesus, right? you know? So he's the only one that takes that throne and we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And when we know our identity in him, we don't have to feel shame for the things that we are going to expose. Right. And we create that safe space for one another. And so that's that's been from doing that, from being able to release that of myself, I feel like that's one of the biggest gifts that I've been able, like me and my husband have been able to give people is like, even when we're still going through stuff, whatever, you know, whatever it may be, not necessarily porn right now or, you know, but people know that part of our journey. People know that, that part of our lives. Um, and they know what we deal with now. And cause we're just, we're open books, you know? Right. No, you are. And I don't, it's interesting. Cause I don't know you like my, just, I've known you for over, just over a year or so now. And I would never imagine you to be afraid of sharing anything. Yeah. That's why I'm like, Hey, want to come podcast? Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I love that because it's very rare to find someone who legit is not afraid to expose all of themselves. I mean, yeah. and that like, I think you hold on to those people for dear life because they're the ones that are, are going to advance the kingdom forward. They're the ones that are going to move culture forward because cultures move forward with authenticity. Yeah. And so when you find people that can display that and expose themselves and be okay with that, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, I want you to talk a little bit about, so the process of what does it look like for you coming to expose yourself You've got a safe space. You are now, everything's out in the open. Obviously you are still struggling with something, but now it's, it's now it's like, Oh, like I actually know what I'm doing is not right. Mm -hmm. Even though I can't stop doing it yet, or I'm having a hard time stopping. I don't necessarily have the tools. It sounds like you didn't have the tools or you didn't know what those tools were. How did you gain the tools to overcome, um, the addiction, what did that look like? And what types of people stepped into your life to kind of walk alongside you? Or did anyone step into your life? Yeah. So, um, it was cool because with that, 
with me being able to confess to so many women (laughs) in that environment and what we did on a, a weekly basis was we would you had a prayer partner uh for six weeks at a time and then it changed every six weeks and um you would you would literally tell each other like this is this is my what I'm dealing with right now so if I had watched porn that week I would confess and I would say, I watched porn this week. It was really hard. And so you'd have the, somebody who is interceding for you, mm-hmm. you know, for that whole week, for that whole, you know, six weeks, whatever. Um, that was so helpful because it kept me, it kept me in a place, you know, at the beginning it was hard. It was, you know, you're climbing a mountain. So, um, but it got easier and it became it, it, it became like, okay, like I have, I have reasons to not because what was happening was it wasn't just exposing me. It was, it, it was shedding light on what it was doing in my marriage. It, it went from, you know, God gave me, um, like a, like a, I never did resolutions or anything for new years, but that new years, and I didn't tell Johnny, uh, was that I would, not say no to sex when he would come to me and that we'd at least have sex once a week, once or twice a week. I can't remember, but I was really avid about that. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this Lord because we were so disconnected, like so disconnected. And he had stopped pursuing me in that way because I kept turning him down because I was taking care of my own needs. Yeah. And I wasn't allowing him to be my husband and take care of me. And so he was like, okay, well, I'll just stop because I'm going to get rejected every single time. Right. So, you know, which pushed him further into his own addiction. <laughs> right. And so I just, things like that were being really like, sh- the light was being shed on those parts of my life. And there were so many reasons for me to say no to it, to like turn it, turn away from it. But things that did help were, um, you know, even somebody coming to me and saying, will you help me with my addiction? Cause I'm addicted to porn too. And so just being able to be somebody, I, I ended up paying for her to have covenant eyes. It's like a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A, um, a great, if you struggle with it, I highly recommend it. It's a great way to hold you accountable, but essentially, um, I paid for it for, for like two years and, um, it was, it, it blocked any sites that would show anything, you know, like there was a rating, like yeah. a rated R kind of a thing. And if she tried to look something up, I would get an email that would say like, you know, yeah. so wanted to look this up, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I did that for her and just kind of kept on checking in and she would, she would confess to me if it ever happened. And I mean, I'm super stoked to say she's, she's, you know, been porn free and has been delivered. And, you know, um, I remember once we moved here, like a year later, she called me and was like, I think I'm good. Like, I think we can, I I don't need covenant eyes anymore. And I was like, I'm so happy for her. She's getting married this summer, like super cool. So that was a big one that made me feel like, okay, like if I'm going to help somebody through this, like I can do this too, you know? Um, and having covenant eyes, we had that on our, on our computers and stuff like that. But, um, and just like I said, with my relationship with Johnny, it was, it was at a point, you know, it was 
dangling by a few threads at that point in our, our lives. And, um, it was like, this needs to change. And, you know, we, you never want to say sex has that much control over a marriage or over a relationship. But when, when that part of your life is unsatisfied or not dealt with or, or there is addiction, porn addiction within it, it can have that much control over what your relationship looks like and what that, how you respond to each other, how you react to one another, how you love each other. I mean, there's, when, when there is openness and there's freeness and, or freedom within the relationship to, to love one another well, like you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be able to, to just naturally, hey, I want to have sex with you. I don't want to have sex with myself. Right. You know, and I think, you know, when it comes to that's where like masturbation, like especially before marriage can be really helpful. But within marriage, it's like, you know, every once in a while, sure. Like if he's out of town, I've, you know, do right. your thing, take care of yourself. But, but it's not something that it's like, hey, I choose masturbation over you. Right. You know, like I want to actively choose him and vice versa. Was it hard for you to make that switch? To, from what? From choosing yourself over choosing him. No. No, it wasn't because that I really, I really feel like, like the Holy Spirit was like, you're going to do this. And Mm -hmm. went like the, especially during that resolution time, like the first three weeks that I remember them so vividly, it was, he was shocked every time. Like I came on to him because he was like, what is this? This is new. You know, like, yeah, I remember the first time I got into bed and I was like, we're going to have sex. <laughs> and he was like, what? And of course he said, yes. Like who's going to, you know, what, <laughs> what guy's going to turn that down? And, and, and then it happened again and it happened again. And then after that, he like, he started coming to me. He started pursuing me again. And I remember him telling me like, I don't know, a couple of months afterwards, how he, he confessed to me. He was like, I didn't even I wasn't even that attracted to you anymore because I had been watching so much porn wow. that it had like diluted like when I saw your body when I saw you you like it wasn't what porn was because right. porn is this like you know you see these distorted so many distorted yeah. ideas of even what a vagina looks like well, what boobs look like love in general in hollywood is distorted yes. it, whether you're whether you're addicted to porn um or whether you're addicted to romance novels or whether you're addicted to great movies right. with great love stories like i mean i might not be addicted to porn but i even have to remind myself cuz i love i'm a visual person right. so i take things in more visually than i do yeah. and auditory than i do like reading a book or For whatever sure. i yeah. i need to see images yeah. and um and so i have to remind myself like that's not real life. That's right. not actually what love looks like. That's not 
that's not because I mean I can get caught up in the whole man that's a good romance story like why isn't my marriage like that right. why don't I have that well one I probably don't sew into my marriage like that <laughs> and then two like that's not real yeah exactly. like it's just it's just it's it's a perceived reality that the world wants to dilute our minds with because it feels good yeah, and fantasy everything that's shown to us is to make us feel good not to feel what's in the moment or feel the situation that we're in or feel our circumstances because it's to take us out of our circumstances so I mean I I get that aspect of it it's that's a real battle that even 20 years deep in marriage I have to go that's not real yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is not real Ruth it's really hard it (laughs) It is is hard hard. as a woman you I mean you're like I want to be loved that way I want to be pursued that way I want to be you know thought of in that way and I mean you know the buck stops with you sometimes yeah yeah totally and it's it you know and it's different for everybody yeah you know porn has a different definition for every single person you know more extreme or as simple as you know seeing a makeout sesh on a you know show or something whatever it is but um you know I think there's there's definitely I I feel like a lot more people relate to this than are willing to admit and that are willing to talk about it. Right. And that's where I'm, that's where I'm just like, we're going to stop that right there because I, I feel, I feel so empowered being able to talk about it. It doesn't bring me shame at all. Right. Because I've, you know, even though it's a constant, you know, like I am being renewed every day, like I know that, that there is freedom for other people in this and if they would just talk about it, if we just have a, a more honest, open conversation about it, you'd probably see a lot less infidelity. You'd probably see a lot more love and care and um, less shame in it. Right. Because shame is, oh man, that's the, that is the key right there to, I mean, to a lot of things, but especially dealing with, with sex and porn all that stuff, shame is the number one thing that people are running from rather than actually fixing the problem, like actually fixing their addiction. It's like, I just don't want to feel the shame of it. So if I hide it, I can still do it, but no one will ever know. No one's going to say anything. Right. Exactly. So. Well, and that's, that's the, that's the awesome tactic of the enemy. Yeah. So uh, just to kind of, just to kind of land this plane on this particular episode, um, what are some of the things, cause a lot of people are going to listen to this and go, oh, that's great for you, Bethany. I'm so happy that, you know, you were able to be vulnerable in a group and talk, but I don't have those kind of people in my life. Well, I would say then get some new people in yeah. your life. <laughs> that's me personally, but I understand everybody's not like me. Yeah. Um, and that takes, that takes a whole different kind of boldness to do. Um, but like, what are some of the practical things that you put like every day? It's a choice. Cause you said it's a choice for me to, to actively pursue overcoming my addiction, right? Some things are ripped out of us and that's great. Yep. I know people who are radically delivered, yep. like things are come, come, come out of them radically. Yep. They never have to deal with it again. But what has walking through this process and then 
done for you that just having it ripped out of you wouldn't have done? And then what are just some things that you can kind of leave with people so they can go, oh, I could do that. I think that I can find that. I think that that's something that I can start implementing into my life. Just tools to implement um, in into their daily life to practically live an overcoming lifestyle in the area of porn addiction. Yeah. So, um, the first thing, I think the biggest thing that was ripped out of me was dealing with shame. Mm -hmm. Um, because if, if that's in you, if you're like freaking out, you know, and you don't want anybody to know, then yeah, that's going to stay with you. (laughs) Like, um, I, I think I love William Paul Young because he's dealt with a lot of, um, sexual immorality and things like that. And, um, he talks about how he's like, sometimes he's like a lot of the times we have to be, uh, we have to get caught before we, you know, yeah, get before we get healed, you yeah. know? And I, I, I agree whether or not you catch yourself and you expose yourself or somebody else does it. Um, but I think that's something that just having removed from me, um, was probably one of the biggest things that helped me go forward in all of this. Um, and then when it comes to just practical things that people can do, I would say, first off, if you don't have a community or don't have a safe, you know, safe people to talk to if you're married, talk, talk to your spouse. Yeah. I mean, you need to talk to your husband or your wife. Um, and, bring it to them in a way and cuz if you feel like if they're going they're going to respond in a harsh way in a negative way you have to bring it to them in a way that is receptive you know because that that can be really jarring for some people um to not know like their spouse is not knowing you know what they're dealing with or how could you how could you deal with something like that like i thought i was it i thought i was good enough because they start they start thinking about themselves Correct. they go inward Um, and so even writing it down, right, you know, figuring out where your heart is, um, and having your own convictions of why is this important to release this? Like, why am I doing this? Because if you're just trying to do it to confess and, you know, be like, oh, I'm saved, I'm healed. Like, that's not, (laughs) right. That's not it, you know? So it's about finding like your reasons, your why, you know, for, for quitting, for wanting to stop and having people around you that, that can hold you accountable, that can be believing for you, not people that are going to create shame, not people who are going to like bring in the, you know, the hammer and start like nailing you down with a bunch of like Bible verses telling you you're, you know, a bad person. Right. Um, or you're, you're a sinner and blah, blah, blah. No, you need people around you that are going to like speak life into you, that you're bigger than this. This is not something that controls you. You control it. Correct. Um, and start, I mean, honestly, start listening. If you haven't seen the, um, the heart of man, that's a great movie, such a great movie that addresses so many aspects of sexuality of sex in general Yeah, and, and sin sex within sin or sin within sex. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and what that looks like and how people have been delivered from it, um, whether it's a daily thing or it's a, you know, all in one out, you know. Uh, so those are those are some things that I would recommend. And then also getting things that help 
block sites, you know, as simple as that, because sometimes, you know, it doesn't have to be a forever thing, but it can just be a tool. It can be used as a tool to like, hey, I can't go on incognito mode on MacBook or my phone or whatever, private mode, um, where nothing's saved in my, you know, things like that, uh, where you can't look up certain sites that can be so, so helpful and knowing your boundaries, knowing the things that actually push you further into wanting to go down that route, um, wanting to look it up like if it's even watching a sex scene in a movie finding out what your triggers are yes finding out what those triggers are and eliminating them from your life and dealing with the root issues absolutely absolutely and and also um uh oh man what was the last thing I was gonna say uh dealing with uh oh man I just blanked it sorry pregnancy brain it's all good me um but it was about Making a list of something. Making a list of all those things that will um, will trigger you. But, well, that's okay. It's okay. You gave a lot of good. Yeah. So <laughs> I would t- I would say have have a community of people that you can trust. Yep. This is our, my little list I'm making from what you said yeah. to wrap this up. To have a community of people that you feel like you can trust, that you can be vulnerable with, that aren't going to judge you. Yeah. Um, Covenant Eyes is a good, a good thing to... Uh, program to put on your um, computers so that you can be accountable to someone. Yep. Find an accountability partner. Um, If you're married, confess to your spouse, like figure out a way that um, it's not so shocking because it is a It might be a shocking thing for them, even if it's not for you, but um, a way to communicate to them in a vulnerable, like this is, this is what I'm struggling with kind of way so that you can have that conversation. Um, And then really, uh, those are practical things, but dealing with root issues, because what's yeah. going to happen when you start to deal with your addiction is the root of the addiction is going to start to surface and it yeah. might be several different things. Mm. Um, and just don't feel like you have to deal with all of them at one time. Yeah. It's kind of like you're knocking out one base at a time yes. and, fe- and, and I would say feel okay with that. Yeah. Like, don't feel like you're a failure because you can't get it all dealt with overnight. Right. Because part of the thing um, with freedom is it's a process. Yeah. It's I mean, some, some freedoms are instantaneous, but a lot of freedoms are processes because relationship occurs in the process. And yes. God is after relationship. He's right. after our heart. He's after um, connecting himself with us. And if something is just ripped out instantaneously, a lot of times you miss out on the connection. You miss out right. on the relationship aspect of freedom. And that's what we're talking about today. Ultimately, all the things we talk about on this podcast lead to freedom. Right. And so this is just another thing to recognize, to get you closer to having access to all that God has for you in your life, which is freedom. Um, so be, don't be so hard on yourself. Um, be okay with the fact that things are going to come up and things are going to surface and it's going to, you're going to have to process through a lot and it's going to take time and it's going to be heavy and it's real. And, and I'm sure Bethany has felt a million different emotions and, I know it's not always pleasant, yeah. <laughs> but the thing I appreciate the most about Bethany is she allows herself to feel her emotions. She gives herself space to do that. And she also vocalizes it. I mean, she walked in my house today just going, listen, 
I'm going to cry and it's okay if I need to cry and process through this whole quarantine thing. She's a big extrovert and people fill her love tank and to be in a space where I don't get my love tank filled in the way that I'm used to, that's a grieving. And so I, I really appreciate that about Bethany and how she allows herself to process through those things so that she can be healthy on the other side of this or even have a healthy space in quarantine. Like I can, I can be okay with what's going on right now because I went through through a process of grieving. Yeah. So allow yourself the grace to do that, um, you guys, and and be okay with not having it all figured out and not totally understand. You don't have to understand it all and you don't have to have it all figured out right away. But yeah. I, I think the biggest thing that I learned just from this conversation is that vulnerability um, is probably a key component to your freedom. Oh, you 100%. Say? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it's probably like, one of the top, one yeah. of the top, top things that is, has set me free. And just to get you guys excited, since we went like five minutes, uh, 10 minutes over on this, who cares podcast, but um, we're going to get Bethany and Johnny back in here and we're going to actually have a follow up episode on what it looks like when both of you are addicted to porn in your yeah. marriage and then overcoming that individually and then um, how they've with the, the tools and the things that they've implemented in their marriage to heal it, to restore it. Um, because they have a really great marriage. I, I mean, I, they're very honest about where they're at and uh, is everything perfect? No, but I think they have a really great marriage to the point where they're having a baby now. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. And they're going through a lot of hard stuff right now <laughs> and they're not surviving they're thriving I believe Thanks. they're thriving yeah. so I mean get excited about that episode too <laughs> so thank you Bethany yeah. for being transparent and being you I appreciate you thanks man. And thanks for having me this yeah, is fun dude it is it's pretty fun right yeah it's so fun I love it I know <laughs> so thank you guys it's I know it's a choice for you to tune in I know it's a choice for you to listen and I thank you for choosing to listen to truth with Ruth and we'll catch you on the next episode peace out bye